Welcome to the Bliss Tonic Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Anthony, yoga instructor, educator, and straight up yoga nerd. You know you're in the right place if you're ready to apply yogic technologies and wisdom into your human experience. That's right. We're here to take action. Are you ready to dive into season two where we are going to get real about all of this 2020 business and how we can apply yogic wisdom to be a better human? Let's do it. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bliss Tonic Podcast. I am so grateful for everyone who is listening right now. And I hope this episode is something that you need to hear today. So before we begin, let's take three deep breaths in through the nose, fill the lower belly. Spread the ribs and let the breath reach into the upper lungs, into the collarbones. Hold the breath in for a moment or two and then exhale through the nose, fully emptying. Inhale. Holding. and Exhale, slow and controlled. Feel the jaw softening. And then let your breath return to normal and feel a a general kind of relaxation in the muscle activity in your body. So today I am going to bring up a couple different things. The seven stages of practice, um, and this is from the Garanda Samhita, and talking a little bit about today the uh, movement of prana throughout the body, why it's something, you know, that yoga has as one of its eight limbs is asana. Um, and, you know, we've come to interpret that as a uh, meditation seat. Um, but now, obviously, in the West, asana is uh, a whole series and sequence of physical postures. And so I'll talk about why um, that is important, um, especially here in the West. And, you know, how we can start to work with a redistribution of prana throughout the body, releasing any blockages or stagnancy. So let's start. um, Let's start with these seven stages of practice. And so this is something uh, that I studied in one of my prayer yoga trainings. And uh, it was really interesting because, you know, we can think of this as um, a ladder. Um, We can think about, you know, how we 
um, evolve as humans and, you know, move on to another level or another stage of our uh, experience um, only to, you know, end up back at the beginning uh, for another try. And that that's okay that we, um, you know, it seems like we're going backwards and this is something that I've recently heard is like the spiral of healing. Um, but I think about it in the context of our spiritual growth, um, that spiral of we feel like we're in the same place that we were last year, two years ago, the same or similar issue um, arising again. And it feels like we're going backwards, but really we're just in the same spot, but in the spiral one level up. So for these st- seven stages of practice, it's something that, you know, maybe we're embodying one um, right now more than another. We're in that maybe stage of our practice. Um, and just know that it's okay. It's okay to start over um, because you're never really starting over. So the, the first stage is this emphasis on purification. We come to our practice. So the first yoga sutra is Atta Yoga Nushashanam, now the practice of yoga. Um, and a huge piece of that is not only is the word Atta an uh, in invocation for a sacred beginning, um, but now, the word now, uh, how we translate Atta, is a... Word that indicates that, you know, now, well, what came before now? What came before now? We have the practice of yoga. Now we can begin our study of of the practice of yoga. And I like to think about this stage one being a big preparation. Stage one and two being this preparation for the receiving of yoga in your life. And so step one is purification. And step two is strengthening. Um, which is both stability, you know, it is stability over flexibility. So <clears throat> instead of just, you know, doing our yoga stretches and I think it was my first yoga teacher, she'd always say, we're not, we're not training you to be stretching teachers, um, which is really interesting because, I mean, I, I do some of that too, but I am a huge proponent of stability, which who wouldn't be? Um, that's what we're going for. It's just something that I feel like is starting to be picked up on in the yoga community um, only recently. Uh, and I've been to my fair share of yoga classes where we do uh, so much uh, passive flexibility. Um, and yeah, I have. So, I, I just love this uh this uh, this element of stability within strengthening. Um, so these are really the the prep stages where we uh, are introducing our body and mind um, to practices that kind of sh- move energy through the body that prepare us to be still. Um, this is where we receive the ethics of yoga and. This is this, you know, stage one, which is purification and strengthening together, creating stage one. Um, this is this is what we need. 
this is what we need in the West right now. Uh, you know, from our uh, habits of eating to physical movement and our postural habits, um, that this is just something we we need this purification and strengthening in order um, in order to move into more subtle practices. Um, and 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 we have a majority, I might say, of yoga studios teaching like practices and classes that are very specific to purification and strengthening right now. Um, obviously, there are meditation teachers and uh, plenty of really um, uh, rich teachers out there offering more subtle work, but the majority of people are really drawn to these physical practices. And it's not a bad thing. We we do need to start somewhere. Um, so this is where we're at in this stage of purification and strengthening. So then the next stage is the t- next two, three, and four is calm and stability. So we this is the the lunar phase is a chandra stage. It's calm and stability. So first, we purify and strengthen our body through yogic practices. And then we make our mind like the moon. It's a a safe space for us to, you know, previously have built this mental and physical stability so that when we're entering that calm space, we can handle whatever comes up, right? Because in that space, we find things about ourselves that we don't necessarily love. Um, and yeah, and, and are maybe forced to to deal with ourselves um, in a way where it's really easy and maybe the purification and strengthening phase to be focusing on that um, and not necessarily... Um, becoming more aware of your subtle realm. However, and I'm going to speak to this next, it is it absolutely possible and with just a little uh, awareness shift in your physical practices, you can really feel how you, you're being prepared for the uh, lunar stage of practice um, when you can start to tune into what energy feels like when it fills a space that was previously stagnant. It's my favorite way of teaching. And I was in a teacher training uh, all day yesterday, and we had a two and a half hour tech on Chaturanga. And I is absolute favorite to dive into Chaturanga <clears throat> because it's such a, a complex pose um, and we have just a lot going on in the shoulder and a lot that can go, you know, quote unquote wrong or create instability. Um, but as we did subtle practices with, which is if you know me and have <laughs> taken a class with me, you probably have done my my weight exercises. Um, and it's just a two or three pound weight um, and basically moving through your range of motion, integrating the uh, humerus, the upper arm bone into the socket as you're exploring different range of motion and using gravity in different ways to connect to the muscles um, and bringing blood flow into all of those muscles uh, where 
you know, we're getting that connection because we have so much mobility in the shoulder. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, we're doing these weight practices and it, you know, you think of like, oh, okay, we're going to do weight practice. Um, and it's only two pound weights, like whatever. Um, but we, and we're sitting on our butt and, like we're shaking, we're sweating um, from these two pound weights because we have a focus on not letting um, the body compensate and really strengthening those muscles that stabilize the rotator cuff and stabilize that joint of the shoulder. Um, And I love that moment. And it just takes a second, if you're a yoga teacher, to pause there, not go straight to the other side, but bring an awareness of, okay, so what do we feel in between the two shoulders? And you can do this as a yoga student in any of your classes. It's just after a big pose, take a beat. And wow, what did that create within my body? And, you know, you can feel energy in the different ways. It could be warmth. It could be any tingling or this, this feeling of release. What does that release feel like? And so we have this other shoulders to compare to um, that is maybe cold, we could say cold, um, not warmed up, or, you know, there's a stagnancy. And in yogic um, study, the joints are actually places where we have less prana flowing um, because it is um, just like a complex um connection point where less prana can get through the joints. And so that's why in my yogic practice, and I know um, a lot of other uh, teachers teach this way, um, where, you know, our warm-ups are actually joints and glands exercises to bring more prana into the joints. Um, and in the Himalayan tradi- tradition, um, that, you know, was my first training and second training as well. That was um, specifically my first training. There was a huge emphasis on joints and glands uh, practices. Okay, now let's, we're moving forward in the seven stages of practice, which, you know, I get on tangents, but it's fine. We're here for it. So we have stage one is the purification and strengthening And then stage two is, and that's the preparation. Um, Stage two is this lunar stage of creating calm and stability. And then we have the Surya stage, solar. So not to be, not to be confused with the fire stage. We have the solar stage and then the fire stage. So then the third stage is Surya. And so this is a dawning of a higher perception and expansion. This is really where we can fine tune um, our awareness and sensitivity to prana. So what I was talking about with, you know, in our purification and strengthening phase, um, we can bring in elements of the Surya stage by, you know, taking a minute to to notice prana. Um, and it, it's it's so amazing what uh, training the mind to to tune into subtleties can do for your whole life. Um, you become more aware of subtle messages and your own intuition, and 
the body is such a beautiful tool for us to tangibly feel that and sense it. And what are we, you know, who is it that is sensing? Who is it that is perceiving these shifts in the body? And that's where we're going deeper into in this Surya stage in this dawning of higher perception and expansion where we can quote unquote see the invisible, right? This is tuning into intuition, dawning of that higher perception. And what is higher perception? I know we talk about like higher self, but truly I feel like it is in in my words, dawning of higher perception is just being able to um, have a purified enough mind to see ourselves a little clearer, to see who we actually are um, without as many lenses of our human experience. Um, So we get a little bit closer to who we actually are and we can have that in the moment connection of, you know, I'm perceiving this. Ooh, who is it that perceives this? Me, who is me? Um, And we can get closer and closer to that pure consciousness, which then connects us to consciousness with a capital C, whatever that means to you. So the final stage is the fire stage, and this is the illumination and absorption. And I forgot to say in the Surya stage, um, and all of these um, via the para yoga tradition in the training, they all have practices um, and styles of practice um, that are all different. Um, so we actually in that training got to do practices with each one and take notes um, and just journal about how it went for us, which I really love doing journaling practices after um, yoga to just solidify those changes um, in the mind. And remember, when we get caught up in just being human, that we have these moments where we can sense things we don't normally sense. And that can be addicting. Um, And it can bleed into so many areas of our life of where else are we not paying attention? You know, what other areas are we not seeing things truly or clearly? Um, And we always bring the element of the moon into the Surya phase. So bringing the moon energy to um, integrate and calm the fire and make it uh, so, you know, we can utilize that energy. It's the integration of the phases before it. So... In this illumination absorption, right, this is the final stage. We, and this is truly a um, a place of full integration, right? We have more fire practices here and breath retention and creating the, the heat in the body. And that heat, this uh, Agni, Uh, And there are so many different kinds of Agni, styles of Agni in the body. Um, But this Agni doesn't just burn up like, you know, in the West, we're so used to thinking of just like burning fat, burning calories, like whatever that is. But this Agni can burn karma. It can help us eliminate previous actions that cause distress in our mind, body, spirit. 
Um, and that's a, a really important piece of this is that Agni being able to burn up what no longer serves us. And, and that's why in this phase we have intense uh, breath practices, which and this is something too that when I was uh, taking notes in class, I was like, yes, this is it. And I think I had a question, um, you know, about can we can we stay here? Can we stay in this phase of illumination absorption? And then also, you know, how far is too far? Like, what if we 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 pop over to this illuminate? We're like doing purification, which is that stage one. And then we just like go to a breath work ceremony where we're just like, <gasps> I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, the open mouth, uh, I think it's heliotropic breath. Um, and I, I shared a little bit with my teacher and like, okay, so I had this crazy experience. I did a like 90 minute heliotropic breath work uh, ceremony and you like set your intention of how intense do I want this to be? Is it going to be like a, <clears throat> one through 10 experience. And I was like, in my cocky little saw, like, Psh, come on, I want a 10, show me lights or like something beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, and then I couldn't move. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, I'm stuck here. I can't move. Am I in my body? I don't even know. Is this my body? Well, it's like, I'm not connected to my body because it's not doing what I'm telling it to. And if you ever have done heliotropic breath, um, your fingers turn into claws um like yeah I you know science people understand the the carbon transmission something in and out um just kidding I should probably know that but you know here we are and I'm telling you anyways done is better than perfect okay so we have uh science is telling us that our our fingers need to claw up <laughs> Well, they do. And you're not really, yeah. And so it was just like, and I couldn't move. And I was like, oh, do I need like help? Do I need to like call somebody? And then like coming out of it, like, oh, I don't even know if I can talk. Um, uh, and I ended up calling uh, a friend. I mean, like, can you come here? <laughs> can you come here? Something just happened. Um, but so I brought that up of like, okay, you know, you know, it, it, those experiences can be good because what they, they wake us up like, oh, shit, like this energy stuff is real. Like, oh, my God, I just processed like, you know, my some trauma from the past um, because it was something that came up during this intense practice. So, you know, those practices can wake us up and help us remember, right, that we're more than just like human doings or beings, you know, running around earth and trying to figure out our purpose. And like, we're so funny, um, trying to, you know, just be a human. And we need these experiences sometimes to wake us up. But, and so that, that was my question. I was like, okay, you know, is that like even good? Like, and, and we talk about also in, um, all, well, a lot of the, the tantric uh, practices and my first teacher uh, used to talk about this in a more, I'll tell you, in a different way, <laughs> um, but of kundalini uh, practices. Basically, uh, my first teacher was very um, like, oh, beware kundalini yoga because you can awaken uh, and bring energy into places that you haven't um, mentally uh been able to process um 
And so, you know, and this is, it is real and it is real. And it's something that in my uh, last par yoga training as well, we talked a little bit about these Kundalini practices and the difference between just like the intent, the, um, you know, this, an uh, element of this fire stage of illumination absorption, this practice that like sh- sh- wakes us up. Um, and, uh, basically described it like, okay, do you want it to be like a, a slow building of energy or do you want it like a cracking of a pot? And so that's why we have these stages that come before it. But say like somebody's first experience of like a- this spiritual work in any way, um, which is really just the disentangling of uh our consciousness and our mind um, so we can see ourselves clearer and you know come to this breathwork ceremony that like who you don't even know why and then you're sobbing and you're not in your body and you know it can be something that is um, uh, less beneficial I might say um, that's why we have the previous stages to purify strengthen we're bringing calm we're bringing stability and specifically mental stability we have a dawning of a higher perception where we're starting to like you know question and see things that we don't normally see and sense them things we don't normally sense we have a sense of expansion and we have a moment of awakening and we know what to do with it we know how to integrate that energy. And so um, her response to me was about the integration, which makes sense. Is is an experience that you're just, um, you know, you're just going to be going back to that experience. And I had an experience like this for sure um, of uh, whatever you want to call it, awakening. And then it was like, oh, I couldn't integrate it. And I just grieved not being in that moment. Um and that was really challenging. That was actually probably four years ago, maybe uh, five years ago. Oh, my lanta, five years ago in my 500 hour training or 300 hour training. Um, <clears throat> and I remember talking to her about it then too. Um, yeah. And the key difference is, are you able to integrate it or is it something that either produces a stagnancy, like fear, you're in this like freeze um, situation and you want to go back uh, to that experience or are you able to integrate it into your life and make different choices that are more in alignment with your authentic self, which you can now see a little bit clearer and you know what that means a little bit more. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Um, and for that's that's it for the um, seven stages of practice. Again, this is uh, from the Granda Samhita, uh, sister book to the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. And, uh, you know, if you don't know any of those books, if you've never read them, who cares? You know, we don't have to be experts at anything um, to explore this, to um, engage with this wisdom. But I will say that we, you know, remember, and uh, I'm going to share a little practice um, next, but that we remember that this is borrowed wisdom. I'm going to say it. I mean, just like, and I don't want to say the phrase, beat it over your head, Um, because I don't want that. Oh, no. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just going to remind you over and over that this is borrowed wisdom and uh, a way that we can um, engage with that uh, is to pay reverence and respect to 
the traditions that have kept this alive despite you know the the struggles of the people to even have the legal ability to practice yoga before we took it and made it work for us and took the poses and left the spirituality and whatever. But again, what's the other side of that is that's just the stage that we're at right now in the West and that's just what we're working with and that's where we are is we really deeply need purification and strengthening in so many ways. So a way that I like to um, pay reverence is even before you begin a practice, whether it's a you know, attending a yoga studio, an online class, or just sitting with yourself and finding what that practice means to you for the day, is to take a moment and rest in gratitude to all of the sages that have come before and maintained the tradition of this wisdom that we are now lucky enough to engage with and utilize in our life for expansion, for a deeper sense of knowing who we are. And with that comes deep love. So cultivate that for a moment right now. Couple breaths. And Thanking all of the yogis, the sages, the rishis who've maintained this wisdom through the ages. Not just so that we could have it, but that so we could respect this wisdom and this wisdom tradition and be lucky enough to engage with it. What had to happen for this to this wisdom to get in our hands today? Feel a deep sense of gratitude as you take another breath and let it out. I'm interrupting my yogic ramblings to let you know about this little secret. I've been curating a bliss tonic yoga Patreon just for you. If you are a podcast listener and would like to show your support and help cover the costs of the platform that I use to host this podcast that you're listening to right now, or they cover the rent of the studio, the recording studio that I rent then go ahead and click over to be a $5 a month patron of Blistonic Yoga. I have a couple other tiers for you yoga nerds if you really like to get down with studying your experiential alignment, pose tutorials, guided meditations, and you know I love to get down about philosophy lectures. I could just, I'm pulling up my nerd glasses right now, but I could just talk yoga philosophy all day. So 
I'm dropping all sorts of content for you in three different tiers of the Blistonic Yoga Patreon podcast supporter, where you get access and never miss an episode to the podcast and get to show me your support. The Yoga Nerd, where you get all of that yoga goodness, and the Yoga Teacher tier, where we talk sequencing, we talk cueing, we talk uh, how to theme your classes and how to teach poses instead of just, you know, the experiential alignment of poses. So how do you teach that to people? How, what's the timing of teaching that pose to people? So all sorts of things, as well as in that yoga teacher tier, you get to request to meet and make certain videos. And I go live for some Q and A's once a month in that platform. So even if you don't subscribe today. Just go check it out. Let me know what you think. Show me some support. Show me some love. Leave some comments. You know the drill. Leave a review of the podcast. So many ways you can show me your support and just keep me going (laughs) because I always need that (laughs) to just keep me inspired and knowing that you are all listening. It just makes it that much more worth the effort. So head over to the Blistonic Yoga Patreon and we'll get back to my yogic ramblings. So what is it that you want to cultivate more of in your life? What stage do you want to focus on? The stage one, this preparation of mind, body, ethics, this purification and strengthening. Are you ready to go a little deeper into the chandra, the calm and the stability, making the mind like the moon? The Surya stage, dawning of higher perception and expansion, creating a a deeper sensitivity to the energy flowing through us and seeing and sensing things that are previously unseen. Or this fire stage, this illumination, these deep fire practices create and cultivate and direct this Agni in the mind, body, spirit awakens us to our higher potential and who we actually are. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And I am going to leave this here because I want you to know, and accountability-wise, Things might change around here. No big deal. Uh, It's going to be for the better. I'm going to be offering you all so much more than ever before and just be shifting my offerings around. Um, So keep an eye out for whenever that happens and whatever that means. I literally cannot tell you right now. But in the next couple of weeks, things are going to be changing and I'm really, really excited and terrified and really grateful to have you along for the ride and to, don't worry, still will be offering uh, this podcast up every week, sometimes week-ish. Thank you. I love you for being patient with me sometimes. Um, Yeah. And a huge thank you to my producer here's the right name hold on let me see if i can find the thing nope not cricket there we go okay we got it we got it thank you oh we got a multi-stream okay thank you to the producer kyle piper for your 
amazing editing skills. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you next week. Woo!